You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. If you're visiting with us, we've been studying out the book of Acts. The book of Acts is an incredible book. Many people call it the Acts of the Apostles, but more adequately it'd be the Acts of what? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit took that gospel of Jesus dying on the cross to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to all over the world. The book of Acts is all about world evangelism. Many times we could want to have just a cute little community church. It's cute. My, some of, some people may think, where are the fog? Where's the fog at, guys? On stage. <laughs> why did you guys not dim the lights? Why why is there not a professional speaker? Why did you Why do you have this American who is Mexican talking? Uh, I don't I don't know what's going on here. It's not about building a building. It's about saving souls. That's what the first century church was all about. And how did that church start? What happened? Fire came out of the sky and, and there was powers given. That's incredible. And that's really what Jesus wants for all nations to have. That fire inside of them. He says in Matthew 28, go into all the nations and baptize them. And in Acts chapter 2, we see that baptism gives you that Holy Spirit. And so you've got to have that Holy Spirit, and you've got to have that fire. That's why we walk into all these assemblies. They're not even churches. There's assemblies, and there is no fire there. All the, the emotion goes into the singing, and once the guy starts preaching, everybody turns out. Ah, you like that, huh? Bible, grace and mercy, we love you. You can share with the person next to you. But if you have a Bible and didn't bring it, then shame on you, repent. Amen? The title of my sermon, Bring the Fire to All the Nations. Bring the Fire to All the Nations. That fire is the Holy Spirit. And in case you didn't know, Satan has declared war on each and every single one of you. And it's time this afternoon to fight fire with fire. We'll pick up in Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, Paul's trying to make his way to Jerusalem for the Pentecost. Why does he want to get there at the Pentecost? Because there's going to be so many people there. And he's going to be able to preach the word to them. On his way to Jerusalem, he stops over in Ephesus. We'll pick up in Acts 20, verse 22. It says, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen to me there. All I do know is that in every, every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship face me. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that there's going to be a lot of hardship. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race. And complete the task that Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. He tells these people in Ephesus. I'm willing to give everything up. 
just to save people. And in verse 20, 28 he says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock, which the Holy Spirit, not man, but the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church. Because God bought this with His very own blood. Verse 29 says, "After, And I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock, even from your own number. Paul said, I started a fire here, guys. Keep it burning. When the leader's out of town, the fire still burns. Amen. It's good to see the church alive and healthy, even though Michael and Michelle aren't here. I still see the fire of the Holy Spirit here. Amen. After this, he makes it to Jerusalem. He tears himself away from Ephesus. And he says, in verse 13, as he's on his way, Paul answered, chapter 21, verse 13. It says, Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. How about it, guys? Muslim walks in with an AK-47 strapped to his back. All the Christians, he says, stay here, I'm going to kill you. If you're weak, you can leave. You got the fire today? Hope you had a, hope you had a good time with the Lord. Mama Sue has got the fire. I think we need to imitate Mama Sue over here. He said, I'm really, I'm ready to die. It says, they try to plead with them. Don't go to Jerusalem. You're going to die there. They saw that they couldn't dissuade him, so they gave up. In verse 15, after Paul was ready, it says, we got ready to go up to Jerusalem. Point number one, blue fire. Blue fire. You ever light a candle? Or, 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 or uh, have a, a lighter or a tour. What do, you, what do you guys call it? Is it a lighter here? Yeah. I'm American. I'm sorry. Lighter? Yeah? The, the center, the very center, what color is it? Do you know? It's blue. Anyone want to take a guess on how hot that center is? Come on. Very hot. That's not, that's not, come on. That's a safe answer. Give me a number. Is it two degrees hot? Is it three degrees hot? Let me, let me get a hand. Let me get one hand. Way more than that. 1,500 Celsius. Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 2,732 degrees. Thousands of degrees you can hold in your hand at the very core of that fire. What is the core of our church? Leaders. But of course, every disciple should be a leader. We have got to be like Paul. He was blue fire. He wasn't afraid. He was ready to go anywhere and to do anything. If you're not ready to go anywhere and to do anything, you're just not a Christian. This is what my Bible says. We're going to get to it. But I want to challenge you, if you're visiting with us today, to set aside whatever you thought Christianity was. And let's see what the Bible actually says. You know, there's a, there was a group of uh, former church members in Amsterdam that, that told our brother Menno, and you guys, this church, it's like, it's like, you know, you guys just live in Luke 14. 
Luke 14, give up everything. It's like this church is, it's Luke 14 or you're lukewarm. Menno told me that and I was like, yeah. It is Luke 14 or you're lukewarm. You're either blue, hot, fire. Or maybe you're burned out this morning. Maybe you're, maybe you're tr- struggling to, to pay attention to me. Maybe you're zoning out. I don't know. Maybe you're snuffed out by the world. I don't know. Well, here's one thing I do know. You're in the right place to get that fire burning again. You know, Paul was so hot, he was not afraid to be discipled. He was not afraid to be trained. He's not afraid. There was nothing off limits. If you read into the next couple of verses from like verse 20 of 21 down to 25, Paul gets there to Jerusalem and he starts telling them the good news. He goes, did you guys get the good news email? They're like, we didn't even know there was a good news email. So he, put, he lays his hands on them and he gives them the gift of the good news email. They, they find out that all the Gentiles are getting baptized. They're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. We've got some good news for you too. Well, what's the good news? Uh, all the Jews here hate you, Paul. <laughs> well, how's that good news? Well, the good news is, is you get to repent and change and you can save them. Now, he could get prideful because it is Paul and he's traveling all over the place. He gets to Jerusalem with his own people and this is what they say in verse 23. What's the first thing that's said here? It says, so do what we tell you. Imagine you get into your training session with a boss or whoever's training you in the church and they just go, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen and you're going to do it. You might get a little bit pride. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the only prideful person here. Who's prideful? Okay, we got prideful people and liars. Okay. So he says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go purify yourself. And there's these four other guys. And guess what? Great, great news. You're going to pay for them to be purified and to get a haircut. He's like, I know this brother Kari in the church. He has the perfect lineup. He's got all... Woo! I mean, when he's singing on stage, I mean, it's like he's levitating. It's so spiritual. You're going to take these four guys. Now, now he looks good. It comes at a cost. It's about 100, 100 quid for his haircut. So you're going to take these four guys, go get their haircut, do the purification. Why? Just so you could save the juice. Now, do you think Paul argued with them? Let's see what it says. Verse 26. The next day Paul took them in and he purified himself with them. There's no argument. You know, in Acts chapter 15, I'm calling on your knowledge here of the scriptures. They said you don't have to do Jewish stuff anymore. You don't have to get circumcised. You don't have to do any of this stuff. But they're calling them to do Jewish stuff. Why? To save people. That's what it's all about. Is there anything you wouldn't do to save the person next to you? Look, look at that person next to you. Is there anything you wouldn't do? Is there anything you wouldn't do to save your mother, your father, your sister, your brother? Is there anything you wouldn't do? For Paul, there was nothing he wouldn't do. I'll shave my head, chop my arm off. Throw my TV in the shower. What, just tell me what to do. It sounds weird, but I'll do it. Whatever you want me to do. I got a challenge for you guys. You guys like challenges? 
No, I saw, I saw some people going, no, don't challenge me because I might have to do it. I want you to get with somebody who's training you spiritually. And if you don't have a spiritual trainer, ask for one. Talk to the person who brought you out and say, hey, could you train me spiritually? <laughs> get with that person and start like this. You may say a prayer first and then go. I want you to tell me what I need to change. Nothing's off limits. Nothing's off limits. You might have some good time with the Lord. They might say, hey, you know what, bro? I, I, I didn't want to tell you this, but your breath really smells. I've been thinking it for three years, but now you said nothing's off limits. So I'm going there. Sometimes you need to tell people, hey, I don't have any limits. I just want to get to heaven. And I want to get others there too. Now, don't just stop there. Because we could take that challenge and go, okay, I went in, I heard. He said that I got to change this and this. Oh, that's incredible. I'm going to think about this for three years, never change anything. No, change it. The challenge I want to give you is to go into that training session and change. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. You guys want to be blue hot? Yeah. Blue fire? Yeah. Amen. Come on, you can clap. You can get your clothes. Hey! We got one blue fire guy and then maybe some yellow and red. I'm hoping that the blue right here, the blue over there, starts taking care of the whole crowd. And then the roof just gets knocked off this place. So, Paul purifies himself to... Appease the Jews. Now, do you think that they said, hey, just baptize me. We're awesome. We don't want to be Jews anymore. No, they wanted to get him arrested. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine you just grew your hair out nice and long. You got the flowy, beautiful hair. And it just, you're you're in your convertible and the hair just just flies in the wind there. And then all of a sudden, you show up to church on Sunday, the, the pastor says, shave that stuff off. Shave that stuff off because that guy needs to get baptized. The only way he's going to get baptized is if you shave that stuff off. Looks like uh, our brother Brandon here shaved that stuff off. <laughs> now imagine that the, the guy, he, he, he just goes, you know what, I, I don't like the side of your bald head. I don't care if you shave it. I'm still not going to be a part of this church. Now imagine if like 20,000 people did that. That was Paul. He was in that situation. He was trying so hard to save these people. But they didn't want to be saved. Point number two. Fire has no race. And fire has no nationality. Fire has no race. And fire has no nationality. In chapter 21 and verse 37, we'll pick up. The crowd, of course, wants to kill Paul again. Let's see what he says. Let's see what happens. It says... As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, May I say something to you? He says, You speak Greek? Now why did he say that? Because he's speaking Greek. He replied. Verse 38. Aren't you an Egyptian who started a revolt that led 4,000 terrorists into the desert some time ago? 39. Paul answered, I'm a Jew from Tarsus, Cilicia, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to my people. He stands on the steps and he motions to the crowd. And then he starts talking to them in Aramaic. We'll go into chapter 22. Brothers and fathers, after they just want to kill him, how does he address the crowd? Brothers and fathers, with love, 
Listen to my defense. When they heard them speaking in Aramaic, they were quiet. It's like uh, our, my, my friend uh, Matthew. Si je parle français, il veut dire, oh, mais c'est bon. Quelqu'un peut parler français dans cette église? Bah oui. See how quiet it got? Because I spoke a different language. <laughs> so what happened? He spoke Aramaic. And they started, they started listening. And what does he tell them? He said, I used to persecute the church. In verse 6 it says, But one day, I came near to Damascus and suddenly a bright light came from heaven. It was the fire of Jesus. I fell to the ground and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, this part omits the next thing that Jesus says. But in chapter 26, you don't have to turn there. Chapter 26, verse 14, he says, Why are you kicking the goats? Does anybody know what that expression means? I didn't think so. I didn't expect it to. So a goad is like this big prod that you, were, you would like poke cattle with to get them to do stuff. Or if you're like plowing in the field, you want them to go forward. So imagine this. I have this big metal goad. I put it on stage. And I just start kicking it. Go! Boom! Am I going to hurt that goat, that goat at all? Not at all, right? It's an Aramaic expression. Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you trying to fight my will? It's useless. It's like Anthony putting a goat on stage and kicking it. It doesn't make any sense. Why do you persecute me? He says... In verse 10, this is the only response. If you're sitting here and you're feeling convicted, the only response is this. Verse 10, what shall I do, Lord? He asked. And if you're not feeling convicted by the words of Jesus, repent. What should I do? And he tells them what he needs to do. He tells them that he is going to be a witness in verse 15. You will be my witness to all men. Now the word witness in Greek is where we get the word martyr from. You're going to be a martyr for all men. And verse 16. Now what are you waiting for, Paul? Get up and be baptized. Washing your sins away. Calling on his name. You see, the Bible is very clear. I will not do an altar car at the end of this. I'm not going to dim the lights, guys. Okay, everyone, raise your hand if you want to get saved. Okay, okay, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. Did I miss the scriptures? He said, get up and get baptized. Get up and get baptized and give your life to the world. The crowd was with him. They were listening intently. Until he says one word. That sends them over the edge in verse 21. Second part says, Go, I will send you away to the Gentiles. Arr, Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. Paul was all things to all people. He spoke Greek, spoke Italian, spoke Aramaic. He looked Egyptian. He was Jewish. He was from Rome. He preached to all nations. He had a mission team of people from Berea, from Thessalonica, from Derby, from Asia. He was all about all people. But the Jews were nationalists. It's all about my nation. If you're not a Jew, you're no good. You know what could creep into the church? 
a silent racism. It's not an overt racism where you just go, I don't like you, you're black, I don't like you, you're Mexican. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's a selfishness. It's, I like to hang out with people that I like to hang out with. Now imagine I put you in a room with your people, your food, your music. That Caribbean music starts going. You got that jerk chicken right there. You got all the... You got all the Jamaicans all around you. You're going for it. Are you going to act different if you're Jamaican in that room than in this room? If you're Dutch, put wherever you're from, American. If you're not the same person everywhere, there might be a little bit of that silent racism. It's a little, a little silent, and, and, and you can see the clusters. After the sermon, I want you to look around. It might force you to go, I don't want to talk to them. I'm going to go meet somebody new right now. I call it gracism. You know what's worse than racism? Gracism. What is the grace of God? That if you're a saved disciple, your nationality is heaven. On my passport, it says heaven. Because that's where I'm going. If your passport says anything else, that's where you will stay forever. If you, if you think, man, I'm so Dutch, or I'm so American, or I'm so this, I'm so that, that that's, that's the problem. I got a, another challenge for you guys. You guys want another challenge? No, we don't want it. We don't want it, but you're going to say it anyway, so say it. I challenge you, even if you're visiting today with us, get with somebody from a background that you know nothing about. And that means you're going to have to talk to some people in the room. Do I know you're not? Oh, yeah, I do know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have a meal with them. In fact, have their national meal. Have the scariest meal that you could possibly have. Like when I went to Russia and ate some pig fat on rye bread. Bro, you want to be Ukrainian? You want to be Russian? No, but I yes. He goes, you will eat sala. I will eat sala if I have to. I will know you love me if you eat. Give me that sala. You guys going to take the challenge? No racism? Now, the last part of the challenge is not just to have that meal with that person. I challenge you to love that person. Love that person who you just met for the first time. Love that person that you didn't know before the week started. You know what's going to change the world? Love. Black Lives Matter is not going to change the world. All lives matter is not going to change the world. If we spread the fire of the Holy Spirit and teach people how to love each other because they don't, that's what's going to change the world. I was waiting to, to see at what point I was going to cry. I didn't plan on crying. I didn't cry in the early service. But as some of you know, I'm a Latino man. De Mexico. And I cry a lot. So I'm, I might get emotional here. We'll pick up the story again in chapter 23. So again, they try to kill the guy. I mean, this, this guy, Paul, can't get a break. My third point for you. Only God can keep your fire burning. Yes. Only God can keep your fire burning. If you're struggling to pay attention right now, it's because you don't have a good relationship with God. Yeah. If you think I'm talking to you, I'm sorry. It's because I am. 
Only God can keep our fire burning. Not your clothes. Not your muscles. Oh, my muscles are going to keep my fire burning. My boyfriend will keep my fire burning. My husband will keep my fire burning. No, only God. He goes before the Sanhedrin. He starts addressing them. He gets slapped in the face. I mean, could, could you imagine just going before people who are supposed to be your people getting slapped in the face? He gets slapped in the face. And in verse 3 of chapter 23, Paul said to them, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. Ooh. Ooh, that's some Old Testament kind of whiplash right there. You know what, you know what that reference is? It's, it's in the book of Ezekiel. You ever have a wall with all kinds of cracks? You see a wall with all kinds of cracks. Foundations coming down, it's all messed up. What if I just painted over it white? Would it do anything to that foundation? Would, would the problem still remain? You see, sometimes that's how we are spiritually. You walk in the church, perfect hair, eyebrows on fleek. Pokemon caught them all. Walking in, you got the swagger. Breath, minty fresh. Shoes, Louis Vuitton. But inside, there's an emptiness. Inside, there's a fire that's missing. Disciple or non-disciple, we need to get our fuel from God. And you see it here, in this tough situation. He apologizes to them. He says, I'm sorry for doing that. But he's very smart. When you're in a pressure situation, that tells you who you really are. If you're in a pressure situation and you run away, it's because you're not close to God. If you're in a pressure situation and you go into impurity, you want to start watching pornography. Yeah, I said it in church. We call it out. Start wanting to get into masturbation. Start wanting to sleep around. The pressure's on, so I need to medicate myself. Only God will keep your fire burning. After all this happens, he, he, starts a, he starts a fight between the two groups in the Sanhedrin. You've got the Sadducees, you've got the Pharisees. The Pharisees believe in the resurrection, the Sadducees do not. Paul stands up, he goes, I'm a Pharisee and I believe in the resurrection. All of a sudden, all the Pharisees, they're like, yeah, I like this guy. I hated him five minutes ago, but he just said something I like. They start arguing. And again, they have to take him out of the room because he's about to get killed. In verse 11 of chapter 23, after all this madness happens again, it says, the following night, the Lord stood near to Paul and said, take courage. Why did Paul need to take courage? Because he was afraid. It was like day after day, he shaved his head, he was doing all kinds of stuff, and they still hated him. Jesus said, take courage. As you have testified me about in Jerusalem, you must also testify in Rome. Amen for the crown of thorns, 2020. He said, you've got to go get that crown of thorns, church. Maybe a little more people for... I don't want you to be gracious and not care about Italy. He said, go. That is the true test of every single disciple. Every single person in here. Go. Take courage and go. 
Jesus said, go to all the nations. If you go to all the nations, if you make disciples, I will be with you always. What happens if you don't go? He's not with you. He's not with you always. I just, I can't imagine being in this situation. Can you? Could you imagine your own countrymen turning against you? What is the only thing that could sustain you in this business? The only thing that will keep you going is God. I want to give you guys another challenge. You want another challenge? Can I have a volunteer? Let's take Frank. Frank, come here. Come up on stage. Stand here for a couple seconds. He's real nervous right now. I'm just gonna be silent. I'm just gonna wait. Everyone stare at Frank. Um, I don't even remember what I was gonna say. I'm just too focused on Frank right now. Look at how awesome he looks. He's single, ladies. Hello. But only for a godly woman. Okay. Yep. Back when I was an early Christian, and I'm not the best. I don't think I'm the best speaker, but I was even worse than I am today. And my trainer goes, I gotta talk to you, bro. So I come off stage. What, what is it? You, don't worry, this is not you yet. Don't worry. He's, he's just going in his head. Uh, I, what's going on? He goes, bro, you, you, you make me uh, kind of feel weird. You make me feel like I fall away whenever you speak at church. I was like, I started crying. I was like, oh man, why? He's like, you just don't know your Bible. Because you want to be in a, you want to be a church leader, right? Yeah. What do you think you need to learn? The Bible. And he showed me his Bible. And his Bible looked like this. Frank, is there one page that has no markings on it? No. I mean, I mean, tell me, tell me, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you guys can see, but I brought Frank up here. So is there one page on here? Of my Bible that I haven't touched? No. no. We just keep going. Matthew, Mark, John. We're just, just. I mean, we're in the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. But it's still every single page. Every single page of my Bible. Every single page. That's all you need My challenge is this. When he told me that, I said, uh-uh, son, I ain't going down like that. What kind of Bible do you need me to get? Cambridge 84. Got myself a Cambridge 84. I bought this Cambridge 84 five years ago. I said, I'm going to get a pointed evangelist with it. Somebody is going to say that, man, you know that Bible so well, we're going to pay you to teach it to other people. And guess what? I work for the church now. My challenge is the same for you. My challenge is for your Bible. To look like my Bible. For Paul. Yeah, clap for that. Clap for the challenge. Everyone's like, it was like, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Check this out, check this out. Anthony's Bible has every page marked up. Yeah! Oh man! I challenge you to do it. What will this challenge do for you? It will give you such a deep love for God. It will give you such a deep understanding for God. When me and my wife fight, you know what sustains me? God. When I got to fly to a foreign country where there's Islamic attacks, 
When we go to Paris next year, we lay our lives on the line. We lay our children's lives on the line. You know what sustains me? God. When I wake up in the morning and I just feel like I'm not a disciple. When, when I feel like I just can't give anything. When I'm in the middle of my sermon and I start crying. You know what sustains me? God. I want you to have that too. But the only way to have that is to have a deep relationship with Him. Can you guys hold with me 15 more minutes? You got 15 more minutes left in you? 15, 1, 5, not 15, 1, 5. Some people are in the back. Uh, I see, I see you, Clark, Clark, I see you. I see you. Hi. I see you guys in the back. You're lovely, you're beautiful, I like you. Point number four. Don't fear the fire. Don't fear the fire. What is fire do in a dark room? Maybe I could get a hand at somebody. Card. It illuminates it. It makes it warm. Exactly, it illuminates it. It makes it warm. Now, fire exposes things. It exposes faulty buildings. And when, it's, when you got a lot of light on your face, when all the cameras are on you, it exposes imperfections. Why do people not want to become disciples? They're afraid of the fire. They're afraid of people seeing their imperfections. Yeah, we, got some, we got some fired up people on the side right here. And so, Paul is again trying to save the Jews in chapter 24. Okay? And they hire this Greek lawyer named Turtleus. Now, do you guys know what Turtleus is Greek for? It's Greek for slimy loser. I'm just kidding. I made that up. Just making sure you're paying attention. I have no idea what it means. But you can go look it up. So Turtleus, this goofball, brings the accusation against him in verse 5 of chapter 24 of Acts. It says, we found this guy, Paul. He's a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He's a ringleader of this Nazarene sect. He even tried to desecrate the temple. So we seized him. Do you know what a sect is? It's a cult. Their main point against Paul, you're in a cult. Why'd they say he was in a cult? Well, it's because of what he preached. What was his message? It was a hardline message. That you are either Luke 14 or lukewarm. And when, when you're around somebody who's fiery hot, it exposes you. Yeah. If you stay around me long enough, my, my wife Cassidy will tell you, you're bound to get a sermon. If you just sit next to me, I'm just going to start preaching. I, I can't help it. And so sometimes people don't want to be around me. Sometimes people don't want to be around Cassidy because they don't want their flaws exposed. But the only way that we could get to heaven is by getting those flaws exposed. Am I right? We can only get to heaven if we're perfect. Like Jesus. And so he opens up about his life and he said, I used to persecute the people of the way. But now, he says, I am a member of the way, which you call a sect. He says that in verse 14. 
Now we'll go down to verse 22. The guy who's before is Felix. Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceedings. So he heard both sides. He says, when the commander comes, I'll decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. You see how God has his back? He's He's a prisoner, and yet his friends could come in and take care of his needs. Then, several days later, Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was a Druist. Now, Drusilla was a wife that he stole from somebody else. Her dad killed James. Her uncle killed John the Baptist. These are two jacked up people. This kind of reminds me of me and my wife. I actually was dating, in the world, I dated my wife while she was engaged to somebody else. So we could look at these people and say, man, these people are real jacked up. But anybody can change if we allow ourselves to. He says he starts preaching about the faith of Christ in 24, which Felix really likes. And then in verse 25 it says, As Paul discoursed on righteousness and self-control and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and he said, Ah, that's enough for now. That's not, I don't need to hear this light and darkness study. Uh, uh, when I have it more convenient time, then you could come back and we could talk some more. When it's more convenient, I'll get baptized. When it's more convenient, I'll repent. When it's more convenient, I'll become a disciple. When it's more convenient, I'll stop having sex outside of wedlock. When it's more convenient. When is it ever going to be convenient? It's never convenient to give up sin. When I gave up getting wasted every night, it was not convenient. When I gave up having sex every other day, every day with different women, it was not convenient. But I realized that I was empty inside. I realized that I was only doing the things that the world was programming me to do. But what I really wanted, what I needed, was the love of God. Was the Holy Spirit. Anybody could change. I got a simple challenge here. Get in the light. What is the one thing that you have that's sin that you don't want to get open about? It just popped in in your mind. You couldn't help it, could you? Get open today. Get open today. And if you're sin against somebody, if you sin against your brother, your sister, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, whoever, get in the light today. If you don't get in the light today, guess what? There's a fire that is coming. It's called the fire of judgment. And if you don't have the fire of Jesus, the fire of judgment will rip you apart. Point five. Refined by fire. Refined by fire. Come on, are you guys still with me? Still with me? Now, he goes and he, he talks to a few more leaders... And then he goes before the king, King Agrippa. And again, he he, he admits to being in a cult. But actually, he admits to another cult, being a Pharisee. You see, the the religious world is more of a cult than our church. Because the religious world tries to throw away verses from the Bible. We try to just obey them. What was their main issue with Paul? Again, what did he preach? 
down in verse 20 of chapter 26. Paul preached everywhere. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. This is why the Jews seized me in the temple. This is why they're trying to kill me. But I will testify to all. Verse 28, Agrippa says, Paul, do you think you're going to turn me into a Christian so quickly? What does he say? He says, in verse 29, Short or long time, I pray that God, not only you, but all who are listening to me today become like I am except for my chains. Under this pressure situation, Paul got stronger. After this, he's on his way to Rome in chapter 27. And he's afraid. How do we know he's afraid? The Bible says he's afraid. And so he gets ministered into the middle, in the middle of the night, there's an angel that comes to him and it says, Don't be afraid, Paul. And then what does he do with the men? He tells them not to be afraid. What is the most fearful thing that I can think of? It's not being in control. Because when I'm not in control and when I don't understand a situation, it requires me to have faith. If you understand the situation, it is not faith. If you're being stretched today by something you do not understand, I want to call you to have faith. I want to call you to let the fire refine you. If you're being stretched because Anthony was preaching for 50 minutes, I want to call you in the back to open your eyes, to let the fire refine you. You see, Paul, because he let the fire refine him, always got stronger and stronger and stronger. The only way to be like Paul... And my challenge for you is for the next troubling situation, when you're not in control, as he was not in control. He was out on a ship. It was going to be shipwrecked. There was no food. The people were going to die. What did he do? He Nike'd it. Just do it. Just do it. The next uncomfortable situation you have, Nike. The next time you're afraid, you want to share your faith with that person. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants me to do it. Nike, just do it. The next time you see somebody in wicked sin and you want, oh, the Holy Spirit wants me to call him out. Oh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Just call out Frank. Leba. Sixth and final point. You guys still with me? We'll close it out here. Hotter and brighter. Paul ends his days in Rome. He's under house arrest in chapter 28. And Paul writes while he's under house arrest the book of Colossians. Now the book of Colossians is about a generation after they started the church. So in one generation, they evangelized the world. Did the world stay evangelized? It didn't. They started a fire in the first century that went out. Why did it go out? People didn't want to answer the call anymore. People didn't want to die anymore. People didn't want to give everything up anymore. 
The call for the first century church was to evangelize the world. We can look at all this social media garbage. You can click like all you want. You could say Black Lives Matter. You could push a political agenda. If you don't get out of your seat and just do it, Jesus doesn't know you. If you're not willing to give everything up today, if you're not willing to let that fire change, if you're not willing to go and to save other people, I want to challenge you to change today. The fate of the world is in your hands. Thank you very much. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot UK. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one